Hi, this is Chaz, and you're listening to my good friend Bob Main on the Handgun World Podcast. Bob carries a gun because he can't carry a cop. And welcome to episode 574 of A Practical Show, done by a practical guy. This is Sunday, November 28th, 2021. This show is brought to you by Concealment Solutions, makers of fantastic outside the waistband and hybrid holsters. Check them out, concealmentsolutions.com. Use the coupon code HANDGUNWORLD for a 10% discount. And also, this show is sponsored by Keepers Concealment, the leading authority on appendix carry and appendix carry training. Check them out, keepersconcealment.com, and also a CCW Safe affiliate, and you get 10% off on that excellent legal protection just by using the coupon code KC10 off. Speaking of them, my special guest is Spencer Keepers. We did two interviews. We did this interview on concealed carry for the modern day law enforcement officer. And we did a second interview, which is actually a video for the Patreon supporters and for the Shooters Club members and that support my show and support the joint effort that I do with Ben Branham. So if you're a member, if you're a supporting member, you're going to see the second interview on Timney Triggers for Glocks. Timney Triggers for Glocks. And Spencer does a great demonstration. So get signed up for as little, little as $3 a month. That's it. You can support me on Patreon. $8 a month or $75 a year on Shooters Club. There's a lot more content on the Shooters Club, but... Quite a bit of content at Patreon for only 3 bucks a month. So that's it. Let's get straight into the interview with Spencer Keepers on Concealed Carry for Modern Day Law Enforcement. Hello everyone, this is episode 574 of the Handgun World Podcast and Bob's Bullet Points. And my special guest is Spencer Keepers. One of the sponsors of this show and uh, a fantastic contributor. Spencer, welcome to the show. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. Well, it's always a pleasure. You always have great things to say. I get good reviews on the interviews with you, so that's why I keep bringing you back. And well, that's, that's humbling. I, I appreciate that. I, you know what? My listeners seem to give me a lot of feedback, and it's good. I love it. Positive or negative, I like right. it. And yeah. It seems like every time I bring you on, I get several emails and some good comments and everything on, on social media. So this this time, you want to talk about concealed carry for the modern law enforcement officer, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, I, I, if you don't mind, I'd like to talk sure. about that. And there's, there's some real reasons why, because I'm sure you have several law enforcement officers that listen to your show. I mean, Absolutely, yes. Guaranteed that, right? Yes. And uh, so um, what that title you just gave was a title to a class that I have now generated. Um, and it came at the request of a group of uh, uh, federal uh, LEOs, 
Um, and you know, uh, I've got some guys like you that follow you, you know, some guys, a few guys follow me and, um, uh, you know, I've got good and bad reviews on the internet, depending on who you want to listen to. Um, well, the internet's but, uh, interesting. You know, the, the internet gives everyone a voice, but it doesn't give everybody a brain. Uh, yeah, yeah, there is, there is that. And, uh, um, you know, it, 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 it the shooting industry is a very, very interesting community. <laughs> and, um, unfortunately I have had opportunity through no intent on my own of, of, uh, of, you know, making some people pretty mad at me through like me too. A lot, I, you know, I, I just don't understand how I do it, but uh, on the flip side of that, I have some guys that, you know, on the positive guys, side, that, yeah, you know, that, that really enjoy my stuff. And, and this happened to be one of those guys and uh, he wanted me to set this class up. Uh, and so I did that, went up to Detroit and, uh, taught, two days for the, for the dot government. And which was fascinating for me. I mean, just, you know, just absolutely fascinating. Um, I've done a couple other all, you know, like all law enforcement only classes. Uh, I did, um, here a few years, well, it's been, it's been like five or six years ago now, actually, I did two one-day classes for the Poto, uh, Oklahoma Police Department, <clears throat> mm-hmm. and um, uh, another, you know, same kind of deal. Had a had a friend of mine that had actually gone back to work for them, and uh, <clears throat> just begged me to come do, you know, some classes for his guys, and uh, and did that, and. The irony of that one was he didn't get to come take either class. He got called out and just his schedule just got completely blown up. Well, so talk about that class. Um, so before we started this interview, you had some pretty interesting points. Talk about those. So, um, so one of the things that I learned, especially in this in this last class, is. Though I had some very uh, elite level law enforcement officers in the class, SRT team, T, SRT team members, uh, <clears throat> two of what I was told there's like only seven or eight of in the state of Michigan, um, and then you know some others had a had a, a one NOAA cop, uh, if you can believe that. I thought that was very interesting, <clears throat> and. Uh, uh, he does a lot of stuff with fishery is what I found out. But all of these guys are plain clothes a lot. So they are toting a gun around concealed just like you and I do every day. You know, so, of course, they have credentials for that. Um, but the thing that I found out that just shocked me why I was shocked, I don't know, because I probably shouldn't have been. But none of them, other than kind of the guy that put the class together, really practiced from concealment. That's amazing. And and, and each, it was very interesting because, like, 
you know, when we when we started out, and I started out like with some pretty hard, well, very hard drills, like straight out of the gate, uh, <clears throat> you know, so they could kind of get a level of, you know, hey, this is what you can do. This is what I can do from concealment. These are attainable goals. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the the keeper test, the 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 super test, uh, the which in court includes in cords, includes the test in it, <clears throat> but some you know some very high level drills and skills right out of the gate. And so what that kind of did was it got those guys to really start to ask questions. And, and you found that most of them had not done any concealed training. I, one by one, they all kind of asked a question or outright admitted, you know, hey, man, I, you know, I never, I never trained this way because I always thought it would just be slow or it would just be hard or difficult or they all kind of had their own little words for it, you know, and they're like, you know, if I'm going to be in the, in the, you know, in the crap, if, um, you know, they're like, most likely I'm going to be kitted out, you know, I'm going to be called out to a, you know, call out SWAT team, you know, members and all that stuff. Right. And, uh, you know, but they were like, man, concealment doesn't have to slow you down at all. No, I'm like, no, 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 man, it doesn't. It, in fact, you can be, you can, with a little bit of work and a little bit of practice and the right gear done the right way, you can be way faster uh, out of duty gear or out of concealment than you can out of duty gear. And you happen yeah. to have the gear for them. I happen to have gear for them. <laughs> Interestingly enough, there was a few of them that, that made uh, good of the, uh, the discount option that I gave those guys. And, uh, they had good gear when I got there. You good. Know, that was, that was kind of cool. Just a curious question. Yes. Were sir. they carrying appendix or strong side? Um, the vast majority was carrying uh, strong side, actually. Um, <clears throat> there were a few that were carrying appendix, but most of them were carrying strong side because that's, you know, what they believed you know, is well, that's how I carry on duty. So even though they're carrying concealed on duty, it's just like that, <clears throat> that, that strong side is, is kind of woven into law enforcement kind of in, in a lot of ways. Did any uh, of them decide at the end of your class oh, that they were going to carry appendix? After, after, not even, not even, at, by lunch the first day, guys were like, hey, can I borrow a holster, you know, an appendix holster to try this? And uh, uh, <clears throat> to to just about every man, uh, I think except one, and he had to leave early uh, on Sunday, um, or I, actually it would, that would have been a Tuesday, um, <clears throat> uh, he didn't get a chance to try it. Uh, and he had a, he had some like, I think it was like an 80% Glock. Yeah. One of those. A and polymer it, 80 you know, Glock. 
polymer 80 Glock, yeah. Or a polymer 80 pistol. I guess we shouldn't. Pistol. Glocks are not polymer 80, so I guess we shouldn't technically call them that. But yeah. I yeah, know what you mean. I think that. most listeners know what That's, you mean. That uh, And that thing wouldn't fit uh, some of the holsters that I took. Just Correct. flat wouldn't wouldn't fit. So The lowers are a little too large. Uh, and uh, so that was... You know, but he like even he expressed interest in starting to try and go down that appendix trail. Um, so that that made me really happy. Uh, but the you know, all the stuff that I made him do uh, carrying, you know, from concealment, you know, so think about, you know, obviously two handed draws, strong hand only draws, weak hand only draws. Two-handed reloads, strong-hand only reloads, weak-hand only reloads. When those would come about, how to set them up, and how to do them, like as as much holster-based as you can. Because mm. um, I I think there's a lot of benefit. Um, <clears throat> you know, I was talking to a uh, I was talking to a former special forces dude. Uh, it was in, he was actually in the class and, you know, I was telling him about how to do like a support hand only reload or support hand only draw. And when we got around to the support hand only draw, or uh, I'm sorry, the support hand only reload, he was like, well, what I like to do is take and put the gun in between my legs. Right. And I'm like, yeah, that's a very commonly taught method. It's, it's very commonly taught. I said, but the benefit of doing it this way, and then I demoed it just like right in front of him, is you can move and do this demo. Right. And this dude's jaw hit the floor. I mean, he was just like, oh, my God, I've never thought of that. And he's like. You know, I'm a former special forces soldier. I should have thought of that. (laughs) Well, you know, it's amazing. It's amazing how many lights come on in classes, isn't it? Where somebody says, wow, I've never thought of that. That just never crossed my mind that that could be a situation. Yeah, yeah. And and just something that simple. I mean, it just, you know, we're all a product of our of our experiences, you know, through life to, to some degree. Right. And there was something somewhere I pro somebody, you know, Todd Lewis green probably told me that yeah. in a class back in 2009 or something like that. Right. And, you know, that was just in my memory bank to tell the guy, but, you know, he was just really astounded that, He's learning this from a civilian, you know, not another law enforcement officer. Can I get your opinion on something about what you just said? Sure. I like to pick on the anti-gun people. I'll just be honest about that. I like to pick on them. And one of their arguments is that civilians just don't have the training. That the only people who are authorized and who should be carrying a gun would be law enforcement or military. That that's their argument, right? That's one of their that's one yeah, of their talking 100%. points. Yeah. And so here you are saying that you as a civilian, you were able to teach people who are on SWAT teams 
some new techniques. So, in my opinion, give me your opinion, this eviscerates, this absolutely cancels that part of the anti-gunners argument. Well, I would actually give you a different perspective than that. It shouldn't cancel it. It should give me more opportunities to carry a gun in more places. Okay, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> right? That's a good so, point. So think about it. In, in, in an ideal situation, if, if the government wants to mandate training, then you, you give me a standard that is a current standard, and if I can meet or exceed that standard, like, say, a federal air marshal, right, gets a scary gun on a plane, well, give me an option where I can take enough training, right, within reason, right, <clears throat> And I can perform at the level they're required to perform at. Correct. Why can't I carry a gun on a plane? Yeah, I think that's good. Now, I'm not big favor of the government mandating any kind of training. But, uh, neither am I. Yeah. But, and I may have kind of chosen. No, my that's words. okay. No, we un we understand. Uh, there needs right. to be a standard, and I'm just trying to say that that I think it's really cool that high level law enforcement were able to learn more about using the tools that they use from you who is not law enforcement. I yep. so their argument about the that that civilians can't be trusted and shouldn't be allowed because they don't have the training is in my opinion total BS. Yeah, 100%. Total BS. 100%. Okay, 100%. I'm sorry I got off yeah. subject. Go ahead. Yeah, no, no. No, and and in all honesty, I think it's really cool because it it gave those guys a complete different perspective mm. on, you know, here's here's a dude that doesn't have a badge, right? And if he carries a gun someplace, maybe even unknowingly that he's not supposed to carry a gun, right? He's got a he's you know he's either got to pull that off uh, or pay the pri pay the price, right? Right. And uh, you know, so he's got more at risk than the law enforcement officers do as far as not having uh, you know permission or authorization uh, to carry in certain places. <clears throat> but you know was very easily to, to be able to take these guys and show them about how to carry really discreetly concealed. Because as a holster manufacturer, I can tell you there is far different levels of concealment from like what I consider concealed and like some of the stuff I see on the internet considers concealed. <laughs> Well, you know, right. just a, that. just another curious question. What kind of guns were these guys carrying? Uh, mainly Glocks, uh, but in every configuration that you can talk about. And what started me down a little road, and we'll get into this this more later. Uh, one of the students had a Timney trigger on his gun. Very interesting. And, and um, I was 
kind of, yeah, shot it a little bit, you know, it's kind of like, yeah. Uh, and then I ran in doing another class, uh, uh, other, uh, from, uh, uh, from, uh, Jamie Caldwell, one minute out. Great dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, you need to have him on the podcast. I would uh, like to do that. If you can get hold of him, <laughs> I'll see if I can set that up. That would be nice. Thank you. Uh, um, and there was a guy in that class that had one and I was just like, I mean, it was like, Oh my God. Yeah. It was another one of those lights on moments. Yeah. Yeah. It really was. It really was. So, so we'll talk later about that and uh, I'll, I'll tell my whole experience because there's, there's such thing as we in the, in the, keepers uh um world if you will we call the keepers luck uh uh-huh. and it's not and it's not good <laughs> you know I, I blew the engine in my raptor up the last day of jamie's class oh. at home uh, blew so, up the engine yeah yeah lost serial number cylinder number two <clears throat> the oh, uh, okay yeah so uh that's costing me a ton of money because you know, it's supercharged and just learn a lot in that process to realize that engine should have never been built the way it was, but that's a whole other story. Uh, and then my uh, nephew, him and I have uh, over the years bought or built the exact same gun. And uh, so we did that and I'm not going to mention the manufacturer uh, of the ammo or the gun. Cause we haven't decided exactly what the culprit was. It's a very well known on both sides. Uh, <clears throat> but, uh, him and I built an AR pistol in 300 blackout together, polymer, uh, receiver set. And while he was testing that gun, <clears throat> his other gun, which we had bought a set of blew up on him. Oh yeah. So, uh, um, that's the kind of luck that we have. Well, okay. (laughs) Sorry about that. Yeah. So he, and you know, just a little bit for the listeners, um, he's got a really cool uncle that's gotten him in a lot of cool training classes. Uh, and he spent 10 years in the 45th infantry reserve division here in Oklahoma, uh, spent a tour in Afghanistan between like 2011 and 12, I believe it was I actually made a movie out of it called citizen soldier. If any of the listeners are interested in that, it's a, it's a, it's a pretty cool, uh, what these guys did was very unique citizen uh, soldier. Citizen soldier. Okay. So, uh, <clears throat> and so he knows what he's doing. And he literally said, I shot a three shot group, let the barrel cool down for a little bit. And I was on my third round of the three shot group and the gun blew up. So, okay. Yeah, so complete mystery of what caused it. We well, think it has to be the ammo, but you know, I mean, with our luck, <laughs> Like, yeah, stranger things have happened. So. Well, and speaking, since we're speaking of hardware, we're speaking of guns right now, I just want to tell everybody, 
that um, you and I are going to record a segment for my Patreon page, and we're going to be talking about the Timney triggers, aren't we? You, because you recently yes. put one yes, in a are. you put one in a Glock, right? That's correct. Yep. I've been yep. I've been I've been exploring the idea. This is my Shadow Systems, uh, one of them. I own two of these. I think they perfected the Glock, not Glock. But anyway, that's controversial. But that's it, okay. But I am, I am, I love this trigger. But I am seriously thinking it, about something a little bit better. Trigger. So the the way, let me just say that I have been shooting Glocks since 1990. Wow. Right. Wow. Okay. Okay. Uh, I've seen like every, you know, Glock trigger rise and fall and fall and rise in popularity. I've never seen anything like the way Timney does it. Uh, Well, we'll save that for the Patreon segment. I just wanted to put a little teaser out there. So let's go back to concealed carry for the law enforcement officer. So the thing about like, so one of the questions that I, kind of got asked you know repeatedly is like you know they're like how do you make this look so easy right and i was like well you know you you get good gear you get good training and mine has been uh essentially a um you know like i said i've been carrying i have been carrying a gun since Right out of high school, uh, there wasn't a law. It wasn't legal. Um, you know, I may or may have not done that once or a thousand times. <laughs> <laughs> You're not confirming you know, nor denying that. Nor denying, right? But in those years, I gathered a lot of information, and I sought out information. And, you know, the the first time that I saw somebody appendix carry was Todd Lewis Green. And I was like, are you freaking nuts? Do you know where that gun is pointed? And the next week I was trying to figure out how to make appendix carry work. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 you know, so I was able to just relay the information very easily to these guys about, you know, hey, look for these things, right? And they can, your listeners can, we've talked about these things in other podcasts on here with you. Yes, we have. Uh, <clears throat> Uh, you know, so it was easy for me to convey to them, you know, hey, start looking for this stuff. Uh, and then, you know, like, as I kind of said, as the class went on, they just, I mean, they just ate it up because it was them doing something they've never really done that much of or at all. in a lot of them, in a lot of their, they're just flat out admissions. Um and so it was really cool for me to kind of be able to guide them through that. <clears throat> and then since then, you know, I've had some of the guys hit me up <clears throat> and, you know, help them a little bit with your choices and, you know, stuff like that. But it, it just put them on a whole new level of capability. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of that, cool. And that was one of the other things that I, that I saw that was really cool um, because not only could I like teach them all the concealment stuff, n- now I can take what I've taught them and we can start talking about that high performance 
concealed carry that I'm all about. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> sub-second draws, which do you need one? No. But would you want more or less strength in a fight? Why always more, right? Why right? would you want less? Why would you want less? Um, you know, so I, I kind of, you know, I think speed is like strength. And, you know, I mean, if you were a boxer and you had faster hands than anyone, well, you're probably going to be pretty damn good at boxing. Well, you, you know, know, that's a great analogy because, you know, that's what they used to say about some of the, the great fighters of old, um, especially Ali. They used to talk about how quick his hands were. You right. know, he, he didn't always overpower his opponents and, and, and things like that, but just the speed, yeah. the speed with which, with which he could get the job done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, they, they talk about that now. You know, I mean, they still do. I'm sure there were some centurions sent, you know, back in the Roman days watching bare knuckled fighting, you know, and going, man, that dude's hands fast. I'll bet there isn't anybody watching this video or there's not anybody that's listening to this uh, audio podcast that's thinking, well, you know, I'd like to be a little bit slower and a little less efficient. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, so your so your students in this learned about speed. So they learned about speed, but they learned about being efficient from concealment and how to make that, how, essentially how to make that fast, right? And how mm-hmm. to make that robust. Because there's there is a thing about drawing from concealment. It can be like blinding fast, or it can be like super robust, and you really actually get to pick which method you want to use, right? Uh, So was able to kind of show them those things um, and and get them to the point where they were performing at a high level, a a very high level. So, like, I had guys that shot the super test in the 290s. Wow. And so that's a – and for people, the listeners that may not know – uh, that was that uh, test was done by uh, Wayne Dobbs and Daryl Bloke. Uh, it involves <clears throat> uh, three 10 round segments. So it's uh, shot on a B8 bullseye. So it's a 300 point possible. Uh, you shoot fifth. You shoot at 15 yards, uh, 10 rounds at each yardage uh, in 15 seconds. <clears throat> then uh, 10 rounds and 10 seconds at 10 yards, commonly called the test. And then you shoot um, 10 rounds in five seconds at five yards. Okay. So you're really blending a really big skill set of what you can do with a handgun and, and you know, and you're, you're having to really understand what the sights and the sights need to look like and what you need to be doing with the trigger to shoot in the 290s. Uh, Anybody that can shoot the the super test in the 290s, um, I I would just almost argue with you uh, to some degree um, that they could focus on some other things if they had holes in their system somewhere else they wanted to fill. Okay. Okay, so... Uh, 
Uh, just another. So go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. Just another curious question. Did any of them have optics on their guns? Yes. Really? Yes, they sure did. They Good. sure did. Sure did. Good. And uh, now, I will say that that those were not their their duty guns. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they are looking like that agents, or well, there were several agencies. Uh, but the main one is looking at optics. It really, I think across the board right now, <clears throat> we're having a like a lot, and I mean a lot, lot of law enforcement agencies looking at optics. Good. Because one of the thing, one of the things a lot of people don't know, and this is pretty scary. Like two years ago, when uh, I took a, a class. Uh, here locally, but it had um, uh, a bunch of LEs from around the country in it. Uh, I was talking to a guy from Indianapolis, and I was like, uh, 50% of Oklahoma City Police Department could retire at just at the flick of a switch two years ago. And I was like, I think this is roughly two years ago. Anyhow, um, as I said that this, uh, uh, dude from Indianapolis goes, Oh, that's cute. 79%. And how, how he knew it, the exact number, I don't know. Uh, but, uh, he was like 79% of Indianapolis PD could retire. Wow. So, so I think what we're seeing is a result of a lot of, you know, cops that are staying on longer is now we're seeing the result of, you know, aging eyes across a pretty wide, you know, uh, diverse background, you know, expanse, if you will. And I think that's what's kind of making the uh, um, the optics even a hotter topic uh, in law enforcement. Absolutely. Well, that's good. I'm glad to hear that they were using optics. I, I'm tr- By the way, I'm trying to stop calling them red dots because they're green dots now too so that's why i call them optics yep yeah in fact the uh the little 300 blackout pistol that the nephew and i built uh on a a identical build uh we put the i forget the the uh, i forget exact what holosun is but it's kind of the big uh holosun looks kind of like an eotech ish uh, uh, but it's got a green dot in it. It's got a green and, dot. And uh, um, I uh, I would most definitely take a green dot over a red dot if I could just have my choice of dot colors. Yeah, me too. What kind of dot is on your 509T that you got? Uh, it's just a dot, okay. but it's only red. It's only red. It's not green. Okay. Yeah, it's, not, it's not green. I've been considering so if, the... If it uh, was... Go ahead. I've been considering the Holosun 50. I think it's the 507 with the green dot. Yeah, yeah. For yeah. for this gun here, the Shadow Systems gun. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it was interesting, and um, when I was uh, uh, Jamie Caldwell, who I talked about before, he's like an expert in night vision. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was very interesting how he became that. Um, and, but he talked about 
like where our vision, you know, the frequencies of the colors, if you will. And uh, red is kind of like at the end of the spectrum and green is like right, like right in the middle. Right in the middle. Okay. Like you had a much bigger spectrum for it to kind of make sense why a lot of people would pick green over red. Well, we have about four or five minutes left of this segment. So what are some of your final thoughts and points on the class that you taught for the law enforcement folks? Um, You know, for the law enforcement guys that are out there, if you have a, you know, if you have a group that would like uh, more information on the class or would like to set one up, please contact me. I'm sure he'll have all my stuff in the show notes, keepersconcealment.com. Yes. Uh, And, um, you know, try and look at this as something different. Um, You know, if if I had 16 law enforcement officers that mostly are a, you know, um, uh, plainclothes-based law enforcement officer, and they haven't practiced from concealment. There's going to be a lot more out there that haven't either. And I think I can take a group of students, kind of like I was talking about, very quickly down that rabbit hole of, you know, what kind of gear do I need? Well, you know, I've got answers to that. And and I'm not just coming at it from appendix. I literally talked about every method of concealed carry that I would consider, um, you know, for a law enforcement officer. And you taught that in the class too, right? Each method. Each method, you know, and, you know, think about it. Everybody calls me the appendix guy. (laughs) I've got, I've got 20 plus years carrying strong side. Yeah. So, and even I make that mistake, you know, I call you the leading authority on appendix carry and, but that's your specialty now. It it is, it really is. But, you know, it it doesn't mean that I'm not a specialist on just strong side inside the waistband. That's true. So people need to take your classes. They can find your classes at keepersconcealment.com, right? Yes. Yep. Sure can. Okay. So they can find a list of them there. Or they can... They can get a hold of me through the website and we can set one up because um, uh, I don't think we put the new one on the website as of yet. So. I'm just I, I am really glad that you came up with this topic because it shows that even the elite members of law enforcement, th- there's there's something for them to learn as well. Yes. And and I would also say, because I've had this experience I've had even ex-military people come through classes and learn a lot, too, because a lot of guys in the military don't get pistol training. Yeah. So, you know, uh, and and I was just incredibly humbled by this, but, you know, if you look up Jamie Caldwell, he spent 14 tours in as a Delta operator. Right. I mean, 20 plus years in in special forces, uh, the dudes killed more people than smallpox. Uh, And in the second day of the two day class with him, now it was a private class with CCW safe and and FTA. Um, But 
he was having me talk about points of concealment the second day of the class. Unbelievable. And, and he, you know, he has a holster company or is he's has a holster line with the holster company. I think C and C H maybe, but don't quote me on that. Okay. Um, but you know, so like, you know, I, he'd, we'd be doing something and, you know, I would say just, you know, I'll be like, Hey, just something you might want to think about. And, you know, and by the second day he would be like, you know, Hey, this is how I do it. Spencer, how do you do it? <laughs> like, you know, it's like, even he was learning stuff, you know, from just me and that. And, uh, Good. so yeah, you know, even elite level military, I'm, I, my wife always tells me to be humble. It, I understand. <laughs> me too. Right? Me too. But but, but uh, you have to kind of you have to kind of point out the benefits of what you do. Yeah, I, I guarantee you, I could teach them something they don't know about concealed carry. Good. And on that yeah. note, since uh, let's finish up with this, you are also a CCW Safe affiliate. That is and correct. And tell people real quick in about a minute about CCW Safe, why you need it. So, man, if you're carrying a gun this these days and time, um, I'm going to tell you it's a bad investment not to have it, right? Think about what, you know, the, the big trial that just happened, Kyle Rittenhouse. Uh, Rittenhouse. Rittenhouse, thank you. I knew I was going to mess that up. Just Just for a moment in time, think about how much that lawsuit cost him. Oh. Okay. Yeah. And, and now, and, and, and of course he couldn't afford it. People have, you know, given their time and given their money, I'm sure. And, you know, and, uh, and, and I'm sure the attorneys that won that will be very profitable in the future off anything they donated to, to that. Um, but <clears throat> having said that, Imagine if you just didn't have to worry about that, right? Imagine, imagine this. Imagine having something crazy, highly controversial happen to you, and the prosecuting attorney from that district or wherever it may be look at you as a potential uh, you know, uh, criminal yeah. and try and prosecute you criminally for what you did and then look at you and go, Oh, you know what, man, that guy's got CCW safe. I don't, I don't know that I want I don't know that I want to mess with that. That's, that's an interesting point. Uh, that's a that's, case I closed. Guarantee, <laughs> I guarantee you that is a valid, valid point. It is a very Why, valid point. Why CCW safe guys, they are quite simply the best in the business. I know most all of the guys personally now that I've, I've been involved with it for now several years. Um, there's, there's literally no one else I would call. And in the show notes, viewers and listeners, they get a discount by using the coupon code or the discount code, whatever you want to call it, KC 10 off. AC10 off. And yep. that's going to be, if you forget that, 
It's in the show notes. Go back to this video or go back to the audio podcast and use KC10 off at checkout. Looking for something that you can't find someone to buy? Buy them a one-year membership for Keepers Concealment. It's Christmas time. It's Christmas time. Use code KC10 off. There you go. There you go. Okay, uh, Spencer, thanks for once again joining uh, my show. I appreciate that. Uh, in yes, a few sir. in a few moments, I'm going to be calling you back so that we can do the segment for the Patreon listeners. I'm looking forward to that. Oh yeah, and and let's a little teaser again. We're going to be talking about your Timney Trigger and your Glock. We are going to be talking about that Timney Trigger and this Glock right here. What is that? That's a Glock 17 Gen 5 the, MOS, right? That is correct, with a KKM barrel and comp. Whew, that looks cool. So, and which Holison, uh, which Holison uh, optic uh, is that? Uh, 509T Gen 1. 509T Gen 1. That's a red dot. That's correct. And I see you've got some co-witnessed iron sights. What are those? Uh, actually, these are the stock... Um, uh, night sights, oh, okay. but they're so close. Um, and me kind of understanding what I know about sight pictures, they're they're close enough that I'm 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 okay with them right now. Uh, I will okay. if I gain more trust in this whole setup. Uh, I probably will change those and of course the other set that I have on my other one. Uh, to a like a uh, a very minimalist co-witness. Uh, okay. I, I so I think having an absolute true co-witness backup sight on a red dot is um, like I mean we we got rid of our front sight post on our ARs because they took up too much space. <laughs> you know the same thing we'll learn on these. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. Spencer, again, thanks for joining the show. Everybody sure. that's watching, everybody that's listening, please like and subscribe to this channel or subscribe to the uh, audio podcast. Put some comments down here if you want. Check out the coupon codes, and thanks for watching. Spencer, I'll be calling you back soon, okay? All right, sounds good. Later. Okay, many thanks to Spencer Keepers for donating his time. Not only to this show, but also the next Patreon episode and Shooters Club episode. You got to see this about Timney Triggers. And he shows, well, I'm just going to, I'm not going to give away too many of the details. But if you're thinking about replacing your trigger with something like a Timney Trigger, you you need to watch that. You need to subscribe and uh, become a member. Support my show anyway. And speaking of that, the holidays are here. Please do your Amazon shopping through my Amazon store. I would also very much appreciate that. And leave a review on Apple Podcasts if that's how you listen to the show or whatever podcast app that you use. Finally, my voicemail, 210-646-1727. I'd love to hear from all you law enforcement officers out there about Spencer and I talking about concealed carry training for law enforcement officers. That's it, folks. Remember, shoot straight, shoot safe, read your Bible every day, and I'll talk to you next week. Goodbye. Goodbye.